Well, I think that by now we might be somewhat familiar with our text. We're going to go to the word on this morning. And it comes from Exodus 17, verse 8 through verse 13. And let's praise the Lord for our elders who led us into worship on this morning, Elder Vizi and Elder Edwards on this morning. And the scripture reads, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Moses defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Now our text happens at a time in the lives of the children of Israel as they are in the wilderness. Just two and a half months earlier, they were miraculously freed from the tyranny and the slavery of Egypt. They've seen God turn water into blood. They've seen him overrun Egypt with frogs and lice and flies. and They've seen him kill all of Egypt's livestock. They saw him bring pestilence, boils and hail and locusts and darkness. They've seen the angel of death kill all of the firstborn of Egypt. They saw God split the Red Sea, pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night to guide and hide them as they fled. They've just seen God begin to rain manna from heaven to feed them when they were hungry and bring water from a rock to quench them from their thirst. They have seen the power and greatness and faithfulness of God on every hand. But when they got to a place called Rephidim, they were challenged by the children of Amalek or the Amalekites. And it's interesting because just two and a half months earlier as they were leaving Egypt, the Lord led them on a particular route out of Egypt so that they didn't come in contact with a group of people called the Philistines. 
It says in Exodus 30, 13 and 17 and 18, then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. Now it's two and a half months later and here they are getting into their first fight. It would be the first of many. It seems that before God sent the children of Israel into the big game, he needed to get them ready, so he sent them into a few scrimmages. The Amalekites being the first. I love how God lets us build up to the big fights. He doesn't just throw us out in the battlefield. God be with you. There you go. I hope you make it. So Moses tells Joshua, choose some of the toughest, roughest, thuggish, ruggish brothers, most gangster brothers that you can find. I mean, brothers with their nose already punched in. I mean, ex-convicts, you know, they walk around, you know. And go and step to Amalek and his crew tomorrow morning. I'm going to stand there on that there hill. And, but you have to remember that at this time, Moses is just above the age of 80 years old. So he definitely isn't going to be doing any fighting, nor should he be. He says, I'm going to stand up here on that there hill with the rod of God in my hand. The same rod that he stretched over the Red Sea, by the way. So you should have known something way out was about to happen. So the next day, Moses goes up on the hill with Aaron and her overlooking the valley where the battle was going to take place. And as the battle begins and he raises his hands, Joshua and the children of Israel start to win the battle. But since one can only stand with their hands raised for so long before they get really tired, Moses' hands grew heavy and he lowered them so that he could rest his arms. And as he lowered his arms to rest them, the children of Israel begin to lose the battle. And you know the text. So Aaron and her get a stone, one large enough for Moses to sit on. And they stand on each side of Moses and hold his hands up throughout the day and into the evening past sundown. And the children of Israel defeated the Amalekites. Let's give the Lord praise. Amen. Now, it's interesting to note that as long as the leader was in a posture of praise, the people of God were victorious. But as soon as he put his hands down, they started losing the battle. God was telling them in that first fight the secret, 
the secret of victory. That if they help their leaders stay in a position of praise, then they will always be victorious. That if they free him up to be able to seek the face of the Lord in prayer, then they will always win. He keeps his hands lifted, they fight. He lifts, they fight. He focuses on God, they fight the battles and win. When he takes his eyes and his focus off God, they lose. He lifts, they fight. This funny little offshoot right here. I've joked many times in the years before that sometimes you all may look at me or Bishop as the ministers, but that's not quite right, is it? You see, you all are the ministers. It is you all that are going to leave out of this church and are going to change your communities and your homes and the boardrooms and your workplaces and your relationships. And you all are going to be the engines of love that spread God's work forward. It's just our job to hand you out the ammunition and give you the battle plan. He lifts, they fight. Now, back to our text. This battle happened in the midst of a transition. The wilderness itself represents a time of radical transition. A transition from what the children of Israel were in their past to what they are going to be in their future. The wilderness was a crucible. Everybody say the word crucible. Lady Deandra sometimes gets on me and she'll say, stop using words and not tell what they mean. So I'm going to tell you exactly what that means, crucible. A crucible by definition is a situation of severe trial. Everybody say severe trial. Or in which different elements interact leading to the creation of something new. It is an instrument of change. Throughout their time in the wilderness, the children of Israel faced hardship after hardship, enemy after enemy. But Brother Judah, God was faithful at every hand. I think you know some of what I'm talking about. In fact, they were taken into the wilderness because God needed to change them from what they were into what they were going to be. God led them into the wilderness as slaves, but he brought them out as conquerors. I said, God led the children of Israel into the wilderness as slaves, but he brought them out as conquerors. But first, first, God had to take them through the crucible, through the wilderness of change. I've said it before and I'll say it again because it fits. There are two things that people hate. The first thing is change. 
The second thing that people hate more than change is sudden change. It was the writer Mary Shelley that said, nothing is so painful to the human mind as a great and sudden change. But the only thing that will never change, my friends, is change. You remember? Say it with me. Say, change. The problem is, beloved, is we resist change. Even when a change is for our good, we get used to the way things are even if we don't like them. We like normality. It gives us a sense of stability in a world that can be very unpredictable at times. We like to hold on to our routines. They give us a sense of peace, even if we do not like the circumstances we are in at the moment. Take some of my brothers who've been incarcerated and my sisters who've been incarcerated. They hate the fact that they are there more than anything else. But as soon as they get set free, they realize that they got used to that time. They got used to that routine up every morning, not having to choose what you wear, not having to choose what you eat, not having to choose what you're going to do that day. And sooner or later, some have found solace, security, and peace in bondage. When change comes, we mourn sometimes because it is a sign that we are leaving a place that we can't go back to, that we are no longer what we were. It's that, that bittersweet feeling that I now get when I look at my baby pictures or pictures of when I was in elementary school or when I was in high school. I feel a little sense of loss except when it comes to my weight. I can't figure out what's going on there. It feels like some closet gremlin snuck in my closet and, and moved all of my buttons on my suit over a couple inches. I, I don't know what's going on there. Who altered all of my suits and tightened them up when I wasn't looking? Oh, I'm the only one that that happened to. All of y'all are exactly the same size that you were in your 20s. All right, don't make the devil a lie. God don't like ugly. Tell the truth. <laughs> but when we look at those pictures, we feel a slight feeling of loss. They are good memories, but they are a little tinged with just a touch of sadness. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just keep living and you'll see. Maybe you're not old enough to feel that yet. But the only time that God takes his people through certain kinds of hardship and change is when he's getting them ready for something. <laughs> Remember that flames destroy some, but forge others. And that all great change is preceded by chaos. It is only after you've stepped outside of your comfort zone that you begin to grow, that you begin to 
transform, that you begin to mature. God didn't just drop the children of Israel in the promised land for the same reason he didn't lead them through the lands of the Philistines when they first left Egypt. They weren't ready. Sometimes you're not ready for that blessing you're praying for. God needed to take them and sometimes God needs to take us through a process, through a crucible. After facing the Amalekites, they were ready to defeat the king of Arad at Hormah. After defeating Arad, they were ready to go face Shehan, the king of the Amorites. And then they were ready to face Og, the king of Bashan. And then they were ready to face the Midianites. Like in a video game, they leveled up. Look at your neighbor and say the title of our message today and repeat after me and say, it's time to level up. It's time to level up. West Angeles, all you have to do is look around and see that we as a church have been victorious in battle because our leader has been in the presence of our Lord. Eyes and ears focused on him. Hands raised in prayer and praise to our Heavenly Father. He has served tirelessly for 53 years. It sounds a little surreal when you say it. 53 years kind of hard to wrap your mind around it. More than 19,345 days, 2,764 Sundays as your pastor, 2,764 Sundays as your pastor. Now, I was just about to count those Sundays, but he's been your pastor every day of the week, 24 hours a day, for 19,345 days. And some of those Sundays, of those 2,764 Sundays, he preached four times a Sunday. Four times times a Sunday. I preach one time and I'm ready to go home after that. I'm going to have to get my works up. <laughs> but Moses only served the children of Israel for 40 years, 41 years at the most. 53 years. Say it with me. 53 years. Easy to take it for granted because most of us haven't been around here 
for 53 years. But it's all we know as a church. I'm 53 years old. He is the only pastor that I have ever known. He is the only pastor that some of us has ever had. He's been here leading longer than many of us have been alive. Faithful. Steadfast. There's no way to truly thank him for that. Come on now, let's give him another hand on today. <laughs> Hallelujah. But now it is our job to hold his arms up so we can continue to be victorious. Because he's been holding up his arms, we've been able to change the face of this community. How many of y'all remember what it looked like in the early 80s and late 70s around here? Because he's been holding his arms up, more than 250,000 children on the continent of Africa have life and life more abundantly. Because he's been holding his arms up, communities in Haiti devastated by earthquakes have been rebuilt. Communities in Japan that have been devastated by tsunamis have been revitalized. Because we've been holding his arms up, people have been set free from addiction. People in this room have been restored. Families in this room have been brought back together. People have been given new life. They've been given a second and third and fourth chance. Give the Lord praise if you've been touched and lifted by the ministry, by the life, by the preaching, by the words, by the love of this man and this first lady right here. Sometimes we get selective amnesia, but I'm not going to let you forget. We have to hold his arms up now more than ever before as we move into the future where God is taking us. He has stood in the gap and fought long enough, 53 years. It's time for us to grow up and be what God called us to be. He has faced the fire. He has taught us how. Now it is time for us to move. It is time for us to level up. Somebody give the Lord praise on today. I know it might be kind of hard to hear, but I'm calling you to something greater. I'm calling us now to a level of responsibility that we might not have had because we were leaning on our Father to take care of all of that for us. Again, the children of Israel were not ready to face anyone in battle when they first left Egypt, but through the crucible of the wilderness, God prepared them to walk in his promise. But there was a generation that resisted what God was trying to do in their lives. The tragedy, my friends, is no matter what God did for them and showed them throughout their time in the wilderness, 
they could never in their minds and in their spirits move where God was trying to take them. In their minds and hearts, they couldn't get with what God was doing. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why they didn't want to move into the future that God had for them. The word says that even after all that they had seen God do, that they still couldn't shake the image of themselves as slaves. They still couldn't shake the image of themselves as defeated. They saw themselves as grasshoppers in the sight of their enemies. Maybe it's because that they didn't think that Joshua could preach like Moses. Maybe it's because they saw Joshua grow up and they remembered when he didn't have any sense. And they didn't think that he was the man for the job. Either way, they ended up dying in the wilderness of change and transition. This shows us, beloved, that it is possible for us as individuals to miss out on God's promise for his people. It is possible for you to miss out on the promise that God made to his people. My friends, God is going to fulfill his promise to his people regardless as if we as individuals get in line with that promise or not. So you might as well come on board and get in line. God promised them as descendants of Abraham in Exodus 23 and 31. He said, and I will set your bounds from the Red Sea to the sea, Philistia, and from the desert to the river, for I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out before you. He went on to say, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. And God fulfilled that promise. But an entire generation of God's people never saw it. He was trying to take them higher. He was trying to take them into their future, and they wanted to stay in their past. God had equipped them to move forward. God had prepared them and made them ready, but they ended up letting their past kill their future. They ended up letting their yesterday kill their tomorrow and I'm not going to let my yesterday kill my tomorrow look at your neighbor and say don't let your yesterday kill your tomorrow mm. let that sink in for a second because we all have a yesterday so this serves as a warning to those who do not get in line with what God is doing in the life of his people today. 
about how even though God was doing the miraculous in the lives of the children of Israel, there was still an entire generation that had to die out in the wilderness because they could not go where God was taking them in the future. Now, God is going to do some miraculous things in the life of West Angeles as we move into the future. He didn't bring us all the way from Six and Adams to Jefferson and Crenshaw to Exposition and Crenshaw just to leave us here. The glory of the Lord is still in this house right here. Right here. He's got more work for us to do, West Angeles. More ground to take. More trails to blaze. We just have to be strong and courageous. We just have to keep his word in our heart and meditate on it day and night. Just be strong and courageous and every place your feet may touch, he has already given it to you. Just be strong and courageous. Somebody give the Lord praise on this morning. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Oh, if you, if you agree, just stand up and give the Lord praise on this morning. <laughs> West Angeles, we are going forward and onward and upward in Jesus' name. And we want you all to come with us. We will be a better church with you as a part of this family. This will not work without you. We don't want to leave anyone behind in the wilderness of change and transition. Amen. You all have a seat. We ain't done yet. We, we gonna wrap it. We ain't done yet. We have a little bit more ground to cover. <laughs> now, we usually speak of Joshua and Caleb as the only two children of Israel that were over 21 that made it into the promised land, but there was another representative that came out of Egypt. How many of you all knew that there was another representative besides Joshua and Caleb that made it into the promised land who was over 21? Exodus 13 and 19 reads, And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had placed the children of Israel under a solemn oath, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. Joshua, Caleb, and Joseph's bones. Y'all remember Joseph, don't you? Coat of many colored stone in a pit, went to prison, part of his house, palace. You know, Joseph, 400 years earlier. Joseph's bones were the only representatives of that older generation that left Egypt and made it to the promised land. Now, let me help you wrap your minds around this. Joseph's bones represent the promise 
that got them through their past. It represents the traditions of those that came before. The foundation, the struggles, the blood, the sweat, the toil, and the prayers of the generations that came before those that marched out of Egypt that time. My friends, look around you. Look at this beautiful cathedral. Look at the stained glass. Look at, look at the murals. Think about West State Housing. We have more than 400 units for people to have a home here. Think of all that we have done. You can give the Lord praise for it. Think about all of those all over the world that are blessed because of this ministry. Amen. Because of what you've done. Because this man listened to the word of God. Think about it. Think about this beautiful building. We are worshiping now in the realization of the dreams and the prayers of those that built this church. Many of them never even saw the cathedral that we are worshiping in now. Think about it. They never heard me read a text or preach a sermon. They were my babysitters. They are those who are no longer here to see where God is going to take us tomorrow. They are no longer here with us today, but they built this church. Some of you might not even know who they are. Elder Marion and Sister Celestine Green. Elder Charles Hughes. Mother Edna Brown. Mother McGee. Mother Dorothy Eximan. Mother Rose Maynard. Mother Helen Callahan, Mother Ethel Enox, Sister Linus Jones, Deacon Henry and Deaconess Irma Goins, Brother George Lane, Deacon Leroy Thornton, Brother Lawrence Powell, Brother Michael Gray, Sister Ruth Schofield, Brother Marvin and Sister Mary Cox, Mother Wright, Deacon Eddings, Brother Dwayne and Sister Lindell Field, Brother Steve Wiggins, Elder John and Sister Dorothy Taylor, Elder Richard Brooks. There are so many more. It would take days and days to name them all, but we're going to keep the prayers and the hopes and the dreams of those whose labor, struggle, and giving got us here today. structure, the bones, the struggle. Everyone here 
is here because somebody who might not be here now prayed for you. We might be standing here now because of the prayers of our great, 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 great grandparents. Every struggle and pain that they went through is because so you could be here right now. So we best not take their struggle and tears and pain in vain. We have a job to do. It is time for us to level up. We're going to take all of that with us as we move into the future. I know that there are things that are changing right now and will change in our church as we move forward. And with their bones in mind, there are some things that are never going to change about who we are. We're always going to preach Christ and Christ crucified. Always. We're always going to preach holiness. We're always going to give the Lord loud praise. We are always going to be a tongue-talking, hand-clapping, foot-stomping, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, Church of God in Christ on this morning. Don't get it twisted. Somebody say hallelujah. I know that Jesus Christ and God did not bring us this far to leave us. And we are not going to leave what got us up in here on today. Ooh, hallelujah. Two key points, two admonitions that we, one, that we as the children of West Angeles set down a stone and provide a place for our leader to rest and hold up his arms so we can continue to be victorious. No need to go running to him telling him to pray for your cat. No need to go running up to him, bothering him with just a whole lot of stuff. We, we got people who will fight for him nowadays. But first, it is our job to give him a place to sit and hold up his arms because he is yet our leader. And as long as our hands are raised, and I'm going to stand with him and keeping my hands raised, we will be victorious and the second admonition is to make sure we stay in the right spirit and stay in the spirit as God is taking us into the into the future so we do not get left in the wilderness of change and transition it is time for us to level up we have to realize and celebrate that the glory of the Lord has not left this house and he's going to take us even higher. Even though we may find ourselves in situations that we have no control, we have to remember that we serve a God that does have control. 
He said that he would never leave us. He said that he would be with us until the end of the age. He said that he would be our sword and our shield, that he'd be our rock, that he would be our fortress. Even though we are here together in the midst of all of this change, even though we are here together in the crucible, there is one thing that will never change, and that is our heavenly Father. He said in his word, for I am the Lord. And I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. He is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. He said that he would be with us even into the end of the age. He did not bring us this far to leave us. Jesus himself said in John 16 and 33 that these things that I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you have tribulation. In the world you have change. In the world you have transition. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Oh, somebody give the Lord praise on this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Give the Lord praise on today if you love the Lord. Give the Lord praise if you're going to stand with us on today. Everybody in the house of the Lord standing up. Hallelujah. I'm through. Come on now. Give the Lord praise on today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory.